really good to be with you in uh, CE this evening. I've been looking forward to coming along. It's quite a long time since I last spoke at CE. I think it might be um, probably before many of you were born, and it was to the senior group, uh, but really, really good to be along. Thanks for having me, and thanks for giving me such a great theme uh, to think about with you this evening uh, from your Proverbs series. When I was 15, I was at a place in County Down called Grey Point Fort. Now, I imagine most of you haven't been there, but if you ever get a chance to go, you really should. It's a gun emplacement that was put there in World War II, and it overlooks Belfast Lock, and you can see the huge cannon that was put in place in case German submarines came along. They could be shelled from there and hopefully destroyed. But my main memory of Grey Point Fort is not the large gun, it's not the World War II memorabilia, but was a key moment in a friendship that I had It was a sunny May afternoon. The sun was splitting the stones. It was absolutely beautiful. My friend and I had cycled out the Grey Point Fort and decided that we would do some serious sunbathing to get through the afternoon. Now, my friend got there a little bit ahead of me, and when I arrived, he was on a ledge, which is about nine or ten feet up. I didn't know how he got there, so I climbed up the back, and I went to come across to the ledge. And my friend put out his hand, and he said, Don't worry, Andrew, I'll get you. Step across. I'll tell you what happened in a little while later. This evening, we're going to be talking about that theme of friendship. That's what springs out of Proverbs chapter 27. And as we do, I'm very glad both to be speaking about that theme and to be speaking from the book of Proverbs as well. There's a couple of reasons for that. One of them is that friends matter to us. I'm coming to speak to you tonight about a theme, an issue, an idea that already you are plugged into. Now, no matter how cool we want to be about it, no matter how detached we want to be about it, friendship matters, I think, to all of us. Now, friendship is probably reflected a little bit in the seating here this evening. Most of you are probably sitting in among friends or among people that you know. And we reserve some of our warmest terms to talk about our friends. Perhaps you use the term BFF or bestie when you talk about your mates. Having friends and being a friend is important right throughout our life. With friends, we can relax. We can say things to our friends that we may not say to anyone else. Whenever I was growing up, we had someone came from another culture into our friendship group and they thought we all hated each other because in Northern Ireland, the banter was so strong and so sharp that they thought there was something seriously wrong. Many of my friends when we were growing up, we gave each other pretty hard nicknames. Things that if people outside of our friendship group heard, might have thought we weren't really friends at all. But being friends with people means we can relax, we can rest, we can enjoy their company, we can really get along. So coming to you this evening, I'm going to speak on a theme that you're already invested in, you're already thinking about, you're already engaging in. If you go to Killicomange in your high, you'll know that March has been making mates in March month. And the school has been talking to you a little bit about the importance of friendship and the importance of getting along with one another. So I'm glad to speak about this because friends matter to all of us. Friends matter to me and friends matter to you as well. The second reason why I'm glad to speak to you is because I'm speaking from the book of Proverbs. And probably more than any other book in the whole of the Bible, the book of Proverbs is a book for young people. In actual fact, the book of Proverbs was written by a father to his son. It was designed for him to give wisdom, 
to give words that would help him, that would open the world to him, would enable him to live in a way which was wise and helpful, a way that channeled his energies and that helped him to be blessed and be a blessing. So you're already invested in friendship, and Kyle has read to us this evening from Proverbs. I'm speaking to you from that book, a book that's really designed and written for young people. Now, what I want to do tonight is really simple and really, really straightforward. And my hope is that it'll be so simple and straightforward that you'll remember what's said, that you'll be able to pray about what you hear, and that God, by his Holy Spirit, might even change and challenge your heart through Proverbs 27. Now, Kyle's read those verses for us so well. Maybe as you're reading them, as sometimes happens in the book of Proverbs, it seems like a random list of ideas and pieces of advice. But the theme that runs through these verses that we've read is that of friendship. What I'm going to do tonight is just take two verses. I'm going to take verse 6 and verse 10, and from them I'm going to talk about two big ideas around friendship. I'm going to speak to you first of all this evening about how to filter our friendships. And then I'm going to talk to you after that about how to be a faithful friend. Okay, so really straightforward, really simple, and I hope really practical. So first of all then, I want to speak to you about how to filter our friendships. What do I mean by that? Well, I want to help you this evening to think biblically about how you can bring friendships into your life and how you can be a friend to others that uses your time and your energy and your emotions most effectively and that glorifies God. I want to help you think biblically, in other words, about what friendship is, what it ought to be, and what it ought not to be. And from that, I want to minister to your heart about how you choose your friends, how you care for your friends, but also how you deal with it when friends let you down. So how do we filter our friends? What does that mean? Well, I'm going to use um, verse 6. And there's this lovely little phrase in verse 6. The first part of the verse says this, faithful are the wounds of a friend. And what I want us to think about from that is this, that wounds from a true friend can heal us. What is friendship for? Uh, And more precisely, what does the Bible say that friendship is for if we're Christians? Friendship is designed by God to help us not be lonely. Friendship is designed by God so we can engage with other people. Proverbs 27, verse 6, the first part of that verse tells us that friendship can serve a higher purpose and have a higher theme. It's this, for Christians, friendship can be a means of growing and developing and maturing in our faith. True, solid, biblical friendships can be something that God uses in our life to help us grow nearer to him, be more like Jesus, and be able to serve him in our world. And so Proverbs 27, 6 has this weird phrase, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Now, I went to a boys' high school uh, when I lived in Bangor when I was a kid, and the boys' high school was a reasonably rough place. Um, Someone that came and spoke at our scripture union one time said that at our school, people played tig with hatchets. It was a really, really rough environment. And not only did you fight your enemies when I was at school, but we sometimes fought with our friends as well. In fact, myself and some friends used to go out and fight every lunchtime with wrestling and messing about. And occasionally a friend could hurt you. They maybe didn't mean to, but they would. Is that what Proverbs 27, 6 is talking about? No. It's talking about the fact that true biblical friendship will challenge us. True biblical friendship will not merely cheer us on or cheer us up. True friendship will challenge us 
to really live for God, to serve him and to love him more. Now, Killick in your High School have been putting up a series of little graphics on their Facebook page for making mates in March month. And this is what one of them said. It's from Oprah Winfrey. It says this, surround yourself with people who lift you higher. That's probably the only time in my life when I'm speaking from the Bible that I'll quote Oprah Winfrey. But surround yourself with people who lift you higher. Surround yourself with friends who will not only be great fun to be around, that's so important. Surround yourself with friends who you'll be able to have a laugh with, that's important. But surround yourself with friends who help you to see yourself more clearly, help you to see the gospel more clearly, and help you to grow in your faith. I have a couple of friends who I call my catch-yourself-on friends. Whenever I'm feeling really sorry for myself, maybe somebody's done something or something's happened and I'm not that happy about it, I'll ring them and I'll start up a little pity party where I'll tell them how hard my life is and how bitter my world is and how difficult things are. And my catch-yourself-on friends will listen to me and they'll sympathize with me, but they'll also at times say, Andrew, catch yourself on. Here's how you need to think more clearly and more biblically. Here's how God can use this circumstance to make you more like Jesus. You need to start training your thinking more towards the gospel. So if you're filtering your friendships, you want to aim to have friends and to be a friend who can be honest with one another, who can care for one another, but who also can challenge one another to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that might mean sometimes friendships are difficult, and fraught. It might mean sometimes our friends have to be so brutally honest about the direction we're taking that we find it difficult and wrestle with it a bit, but out of it God can help us grow more like the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so in terms of filtering our friendships, we want to think about the fact that wounds from a true friend can heal us. Surround yourself with people who lift you higher. Surround yourself with peers who love God and love Jesus and who want to help you do that more. Secondly, in terms of filtering our friendship, staying with verse 6, we read this. Profuse are the, the kisses of an enemy. Now, that's a really weird statement to make if you think about it. I've had a few enemies in life, thankfully not too many, but none of them have ever kissed me, I'm glad to say. That's never happened. So what does it mean in Proverbs 27, verse 6, that profuse are the kisses of an enemy? Well, what it's talking about really is false friendship. It's talking about friendship that won't ultimately help you. It's talking about friendship that will let you down and fail you. It's talking about friendship that will appear to be beneficial and healthy and good, but ultimately will lead to disaster. It's a friendship which doesn't have you at heart. It's a friendship that doesn't have God at heart. And it's a friendship which might be enjoyable at the time, but ultimately will bring you down and bring you pain. I left you hanging on a ledge when I began to speak this evening. So on that sun-splitting-the-stones day in May at Greypoint Fort, my friend who was on that ledge invited me to step across that eight or nine-foot gap and to take his hands and to get my feet onto the ledge. I went to take his hands and I went to put my feet across and I dropped right off the ledge. I broke my hand, I busted my head a bit, and I have to say, I shed a few wee tears as a 15-year-old when no one was looking. I experienced, in that moment, putting trust in someone, but that trust 
failing me and letting me down. We remain friends. He didn't do it on purpose. Sometimes friends can let us down. Sometimes a friendship that looks really beneficial because it brings us into a group of people who are popular and celebrated and cool and all those things can ultimately lead us into disaster. Or we can end up in a position where friendship hurts us and harms us and causes us huge difficulties and stress and anxiety. So even as I'm talking to you tonight about friendship, you feel some of those emotions because perhaps you yourself have been let down and failed as a friend. So choosing the right friends Choosing friends who will help you and grow you is important, not just in terms of your spiritual growth, but in terms of your whole welfare. Now, during the last year as a family, um, we have been uh, enjoying reading and watching um, Harry Potter. Um, stick up your hand if, you, if you've read Harry Potter, the Harry Potter novels. Yeah, a few of you. Yeah, good, good. Okay. Put up your hand if you've watched the movies. Not all of them necessarily, but even some of them. Yeah, okay. Great. Well, if you've read the books or you've watched the films, you'll know that friendship is a massive theme in the Harry Potter books. In fact, it stands out above every other theme. And sometimes there's really good friendships that are there, and sometimes there are really bad ones. Now, I'm not going to give you any spoilers, and this isn't a spoiler, but Harry Potter's parents are killed at the very beginning. Before the books start, his parents have been killed. And there's a whole mystery about how that happened and how that went on. But at one point in the last book and in the last film, Dumbledore, the principal of Hogwarts, says this about Lily and James Potter. He says, she and James put their faith in the wrong person. Now, if you're going to read Harry Potter, I'll not tell you who the wrong person was because it'll ruin the whole story. But history, literature, the Bible, your community, your social group is littered with this experience. Putting faith in the wrong person. Now, for some of you this evening, that might be a warning. It might say to you that choosing false friends, friends that you're going to for ulterior motives because you think that might, they might bring you into popularity or that they might make you seem better or elevate your status, those friendships very often will lead to harm and hurt and difficulty and pain. One of the single most important decisions that you will make between the age of 11 and 18 is who your friends are. That seemingly small decision can act like a rudder for so many other directions that you go in life. And so finding false friends, perhaps even people who flatter us, but who don't help us, can bring us to ruin. And I'm I'm, I'm looking into your eyes tonight And I'm saying to you that falling into false friendships can greatly damage your faith, your walk with God, your integrity as a Christian. So that might mean for some of you this evening as you reflect on that, that you're going to have to step back a bit from some friendships. There's perhaps some relationships in your life that you know don't have truth at the heart of them. And you know they're not developing you and helping you and maturing you. Hearing this tonight from Proverbs 27 is an opportunity to reset and rethink and reorganize how your friendships work. But I'm also aware that I could be speaking to some people tonight who know only too well what Proverbs 27.6 says. 
The kiss of a false friend can kill us. Some of you have been really let down by friends. And it's caused you tremendous pain and sadness and difficulty. Can I say to you this evening that this verse and some of the things that echo this verse later in the Bible could be of tremendous help to you. There's one supreme example of a person who was betrayed by a friend who kissed them. I wonder if anybody got any idea who that might be. Any thoughts? One major person who was betrayed by the kiss of a friend. I'll give you a clue. It's the same answer as children given every children's meeting all over the world. This is a safe bet. If you're going to venture saying something out loud at Portadown CE, this is the time to do it. This is, there's zero risk here. Jesus, excellent, super. Jesus. You think about Jesus' biography. He had, he had these 12 friends that he surrounded himself with. He loved them. He cared for them. He ministered to them. He washed their feet. He taught them. They understood who he was. He, he gave his life over to them. He ate with them. He had the best of friendships with them. And yet in that, Jesus was betrayed by Judas, who in kissing Jesus meant him great harm. And so I'm saying to you this evening, if you've had your heart broken, if you're struggling to recover from broken friendships, Jesus knows and he understands and you can turn to him. You can trust in him. You can talk to him. You can confide in him and he will help you. So we're thinking about filtering our friendships. We want to uh, make sure that we have people around us who help us and encourage us and disciple us. We want to make sure that we don't get ourselves in the position where we've got superficial friendships that do us spiritual and personal harm. And I want to recommend to you a friend of mine. It's not the friend who let me go on the ledge, although they're a pretty decent person from that one time but this is a friend who has never let me go and who has never let me down some of you this evening aren't Christians some of you this evening have never trusted in Christ for salvation let me say to you Jesus Christ is the best and most faithful friend that you could ever find he won't flatter you but he will love you with a constancy that transforms you and changes you and makes you more like him. And so there's an invitation this evening to come to Jesus and find in him a friend who has already proven his love. He's proven that by dying for your sake on the cross and rising again. Okay, so we've thought about how to filter our friendships I want to speak to you then from verse 10 about how to be faithful as friends. So that's, in a way, given us a bit of a definition of friendship from Proverbs 27. Uh, friendships that encourage us, strengthen us, elevate us, enhance our lives, uh, make us more like Jesus, and then avoiding friendships that can drag us down and do us harm. But then how do we be faithful as friends? Well, verse 10 of Proverbs 27 says this, Do not forsake your friend and your father's friend. That tells me that if you want to be a friend, if you want to be a good friend and a faithful friend, then you must commit yourself to be with your friends for the long haul. 
There's a term that we use in the English language, which is fair weather friends. Someone who's with you when the times are good, when you're riding the crest of the wave, but who bails out when the storms come. And if you're a Christian, there's a calling on you not to be that kind of friend. Not to be the kind of friend who, who gets out of the way when the ones that you're friends with maybe get into a bit of trouble or find things difficult or having a struggle or end up less popular than they once were or on the receiving end of ill treatment. If we want to show Christian love in our friendships, then we have to commit ourselves for the long haul. We have to say, this person is someone that I'll stand by. This person that I've become friends with God has put me into their life to help them and strengthen them and, 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 and be a source of encouragement and blessing to them. And so I'm committing myself to serve them and serve God by doing that. One of the worst things in life is to be abandoned by your friends. One of the worst things in life is to abandon a friend at their time of greatest need. Now, lots of things change all the time, don't they? Um, one of the things that you've been conditioned to accept in your world is the whole idea of an upgrade. And when I was in my teens, I had no idea really what an upgrade was, but everything's constantly upgraded, isn't it? You've got a phone, but you'll only have that phone for a couple of years, and then you'll upgrade it to a better model, something that serves your needs more. And almost everything we have in life now is disposable. We use it for a while. It benefits us. It sort of um, rings all the bells for us. And then eventually it's out of date. We discard it and we get something new instead. It can be tempting for all of us as young people, as adults, to bring that into our relationships. To say as long as this person's friendship is beneficial to me, as long as it's good Sailing, as long as it's good times, then I'm on board. But when things get difficult or things slightly change or they hit the rocks, well, I think I'll find another friend who'll just serve my needs. The gospel tells us that faithful friendship is a mark and measure and expression of our discipleship. Jesus was so faithful to his friends that the day before one of them betrayed him and the day before the rest of them abandoned him, he washed their feet. He was faithful to them. And so stick together and stay together and help each other all you can. And then finally, and it's related, at the end of verse 10, the writer of the Proverbs says, better is a neighbor who is near than a brother who is far away. He's saying this, that friends can be there for the tough stuff that friends can build such phenomenal and strong links with each other that they actually can be like family. The idea behind verse 10 is the concept of someone who's in a neighborhood where they don't have their immediate family around them and they hit difficulty. The writer of Proverbs says, don't go and travel to your family. Lean on your neighbors. Lean on your friends. Know that you can trust them. Know that when the tough times are there, they will be beside you. And likewise then, that's a calling to us for faithfulness and friendship. Now, none of us can fully bear each other's burdens, and you're not supposed to. And for your friends, you're not supposed to live their life for them. You're not supposed to do everything in their stead. That's a mark of an unhealthy friendship. If someone is constantly loading all their baggage onto you to carry it, you've got to think about that kind of friendship, whether that's really biblical or whether that's really helpful. 
here's the thing. You can be the kind of friend to those around you that when they do face a storm and they do find the way difficult, they know this. That person will be there for me. They love Jesus and they love me and they will be faithful the whole way through. So the big takeaways for you and me this evening from Proverbs 27 are we've got to filter our friendships. Think clearly about the kind of friends not only that you have, not only that you want, but the kind of friends you need who develop you in your faith and mature you and help you. Cling to the Lord Jesus if you've been failed by friends. Think clearly about setting new priorities if your friends are pulling you back from Jesus rather than pushing you towards him. And then determine that you will be the most faithful friend that Jesus can empower you and enable you to be. Now, I've quoted Oprah Winfrey tonight. I'm going to go for the the jackpot by quoting Mahatma Gandhi just to finish. Here's what he once said. And I love this phrase. Be the change that you want to see in the world. I love that statement. Be the change that you want to see in the world. If you could wish that there were better friends in the world, if you could wish that people would be more faithful, you can live a life really of deep frustration and deep resentment to those around you. Here's what you can do with those feelings. You can establish in your heart by God's strength that you will be that change, that you will be that friend, that you will stand firm and strong beside those whom you love that you'll make friends with those who are vulnerable, those who are isolated, those who are marginalized, those who are not perhaps accepted by the wider group, you will be that kind of change. And you will show by God's strength such faithfulness that you'll witness to who Jesus is and you'll be a blessing to those around you. And so I hope that's helpful this evening. Filter your friendships. Be faithful in your friendships. Lean on Jesus for his strength to do it and see what he can do through what real biblical friendship is. Thanks for listening um, so well. We're going to pray, and then after we pray, I think um, the praise team are going to come and lead us in another piece. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it's true, and that it's powerful, and that it's relevant and real in our lives. And thank you for the gift of friendship. And thank you for the joy that true friendship can bring. Thank you that real friendship can not only encourage our hearts, but develop our faith. And I pray, Lord, for any of the young people here this evening who don't know Jesus as Savior, that they would see and find in him a friend who will never leave them and who will never forsake them. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to be intentional about our friendships, help us to filter our friendships so that we seek to be and have around us those who will develop us and strengthen us in our faith. I pray, Lord, that you'd make us faithful friends, kind, caring, steadfast, friendship that endures, friendship, Lord, that helps those around us and that stands strong in the day of trouble. Thank you, Lord, for your word to us. And bless us now as we praise your name again together. For Christ's sake.